I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design with a very fun conversation. At least I think so. I was recording live from the West Edge Design Fair, and on stage with me are designer Kelly Ellis and editor-in-chief Erica Heat. If you listen to the podcast regularly, you know that I like to go deep and focus on the less explored side of design and architecture. Surprisingly, the business side is fascinating to me and, in my opinion, completely underexplored in the business. And these two women are hyper-engaged and have so much to offer. They also are polar opposites with regard to demeanor, style, and personality. So it was great to have them both on stage at the same time. Conversations like these are fun, informative, and also a little like doing the tightrope without the benefit of a net. Something really interesting about Kelly is her diverse background. She is, she has a degree in marketing, studied law, and has made a name for herself with her psychological approach to design. Erica is the editor-in-chief of Interiors Magazine and crafts a story like very few can. She studied English at Berkeley and her work embodies a truly special approach to architecture and design. She too knows the business well, and that's where this episode gets interesting. It's all about getting published and approaching your creative business like a business uh, and getting the exposure you want and need. If you're a creative type and want to grow your brand, you're about to get step-by-step instructions. Before we get to this conversation, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and invite you to join in on the conversation. You can find us at Convo by Design on Twitter and at Convo by Design, this time with an X, on Facebook and Instagram. You can also find videos from these conversations on our YouTube channel. Again, search Convo by Design and you will find over 140 videos from some of your favorite guests, including the following. If you like the show, please send it to a friend so they can uh, join our design community as well. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast. Convo by Design is presented by Snyder Diamond and has been since episode number one. Snyder Diamond is always first with what's next in the kitchen and bath. That's the philosophy of second generation president Russ Diamond. He travels the world looking for the appliances, fixtures, and finishes for the kitchen and bath that allow designers and architects to create amazing spaces for their clients. Products like those from Mila. I recently toured the Mila showroom and was stunned really by all of the amazing products that Mila has to offer, from coffee machines to ovens, ranges, hoods, combust steam ovens, washers, dryers, dishwashers, all made with that Immer Besser philosophy hard-coded into the very DNA of this family-owned and operated company since their founding in 1899. Mila products are made to serve and built to last. They possess the form and function you expect, and they were created with the future in mind. The technology integrated into these appliances, remarkable, and they were designed to work seamlessly together, all to make life that much easier. Now, combine this world-class product with the standard bearer in customer service, Snyder Diamond Service is here for you, and you have a powerful partnership. Find out more at any of the three Los Angeles area Snyder Diamond showrooms and check out some fantastic limited time offers and promotions from Mila while you're there. You can also learn more at SnyderDiamond.com. Thank you all for coming out to uh, West Edge Design Fair 2018. This is the the programming lounge presented by Convo by Design. Absolutely thrilled to be here. The goal 
for this weekend is to provide content that you can leave with something. Uh, some meaningful engagement. You can meet some people that you never met before. You can hear some stories that you've never heard before. And I am really excited about this next one. Um, because we're cut for time, you're going to have to listen to the podcast to hear my full glowing introductions for each of them. But I've known both for, for quite some time. And unfortunately, but fortunately, we've never had the conversation we're going to have here today, one that is germane and relevant to anyone who's in the industry. Um, Kelly Ellis, interior designer extraordinaire, and uh, Erica Heat, Interiors Magazine, editor-in-chief. Um, first of all, welcome, and thank you both for doing this. Thank you, Josh. Thank you. So the conversation today is about what do they want, right? What do publishers want, and what do designers want? And when you bring the two together, how do you give each what they want? How do we, how is, as designers, as creatives, how do you pitch your work? How do you pitch your work to get editorial coverage? As an editor, with as many pitches as you have coming in your direction, how do you sift through them? How do you, how do you pick what you want? How do you pick what your readers want? How do you deliver the kind of content that you're looking for? So that's what we're talking about today. And I thought, you know what, the best way to do this would be, I, I wanna start with Erica. I wanna know, First of all, how, as many pitches as you get, you probably see a lot of the same tendencies, the same behaviors. When you get a, when you get a pitch from a designer or from someone in PR, what are you looking for? Well, I'm, I'm looking for a concise idea of who the designer is, first of all. Um, many, many pitches are based on relationships, so I already have a relationship with the writer, photographer, designer, architect, even an artist once in a while, and of course my PR friends. That's not to say that uh, cold pitches uh, don't get the same attention. They do, and I get several pitches a day at least. Uh, so I'm looking for a concise approach. Tell me who you are and what you're pitching. I don't want 10 megabyte files, you know, trying to, trying to load and load. Um, you know, just low res, bare bones, the soul of the pitch. Here's why I'm bringing it to you. You know, here's what the, here's what the project is about and here's why I think it's right for interiors. Now, Kelly, from the other side of that equation, because, listen, I find that really interesting. The initial pitch, you don't want high res. You don't want heavy files. You don't want, you know, it's, get to the point. Tell me what you're pitching. How do you do it? I learned by listening to panels just like this what I needed to do in order to do a perfect pitch. And everybody is waiting to hear, like, it's step one, step two, step three. And it kind of is. Because I didn't know that a, a phone photo would sort of be, would suffice because a lot of magazines will send out their own photographers. They will do everything perfectly. So yes, you want the good photo for your, your portfolios. Of course you want those things, but they're not necessary. The biggest thing that I think is important to let the magazine know, one, you understand the magazine. You understand what their aesthetic is. You understand who their demographic is. You understand who is actually reading that magazine? That's huge, right? So you're not gonna go to, to Sports Illustrated and send them a sofa photo, right? It's just, it's about that, about that broad. That was a big thing. And then understand what you as a brand 
has to offer. And then, I know you're gonna agree with this and you can just pick up right with it, is understand if you subscribe to that magazine for one year, go back, look through the year because there is a calendar for the magazine. So they're gonna do spring related, summer related, fall related, winter related. If you have a story that fits a certain time frame, hold on to it and wait until it fits the magazine. So you almost have to put on the hat of an editor and say, okay, is this gonna be appropriate for the next four months, whatever the lead time is, right, for you? Absolutely, and bless you, thank you. And you would be, you would be so surprised at uh, some of the pitches that I received that are just, they, they just didn't do any homework, they don't know the magazine, like go, go to Barnes & Noble, spend the $8, Get, get a copy of the magazine, you know, just do just, just the, the bare bones to show me that you're serious. That's right. You, know? you actually read our magazine, you know what we're looking for, you have some inkling of who our readership is, I think is probably the first step because you would be surprised at how many designers come to me and say, here's my work, I pitched it too. And I could tell, I'm not an editor, but you can tell that they're never going to get ever, ever going to get a word back, and, and they're confused by that. And you don't have time to respond to everybody. You That's can't right. tell everybody That's no right. and why. Right? The feedback part is the hard part. Well, and that is the hard part. And I think that that's really interesting because you know what? In a, in a time we were talking about it this morning on the brand development panel, people don't check their emails. They don't return phone calls. They don't answer the phone. When you don't get feedback, right. you're, we're human. We think the absolute worst. Right. Or or we don't have a, the, the self-awareness filter on and we think, well, maybe they just didn't see it, so I'm gonna go ahead keep and- Keep sending it. <laughs> I'm gonna keep sending it. Does yeah. that work? Yes, for me, yes. And I want to apologize to the world that because- didn't yeah. <laughs> Because I, I, I know that I break that rule a lot. I want to respond to everyone. I can't. Sometimes I'm traveling, sometimes I'm overwhelmed, I'm on deadline, and so I tell Anyone who asks me, please, please follow up, you know? And then to a certain point, obviously, if it's three or four times and I haven't responded, again, I'm sorry. But that means that there's something, something's not there. I, I, maybe I flagged it, I, oh, make sure you follow up. It didn't happen. But so, so from my perspective, yes, follow up. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt my feelings. It, it should mean very little to you if you don't get an immediate response, it's at least from where I'm concerned. We're a bare bones crew, you know, that's just how it works for me. And I never mind if people follow up. I appreciate it, in fact. Yeah, I was gonna just say with a follow up is that um, I have found what works best is to kind of add a storyline to whatever the photos are that you're sending. And then it's great to hear back, wow, this would be perfect for our spring issue. Again, knowing what's coming up, knowing a little bit of lead times for the magazine. And sometimes they'll tell you that. Sometimes you can get that information. Having a P uh, media kit going onto the website of the magazine, pull the media kit down and it'll say, this is the lead time. So if you know you've got a beautiful outdoor project that you've shot, you've really worked hard on it, and then put the story together a little bit. This is, you know, somebody who lives in your demographic. This is somebody who is part of your demographic. Um, the house that I am, I am designing 
is also a notable person that you might want to cover. So kind of knowing what your story might be just a little bit helps add some, you know, acorns. Absolutely. If you feel like there's something unique in your story, please share it. And an editor can smell BS. So if you don't believe in what you're pitching, if you're going through the motions, we're going to feel it, you know? <laughs> and so all, all I ask uh, is honesty, you know? And even, and this is, you know, this is a little bit, a little bit um, kind of sensitive, but if you've pitched it elsewhere and it wasn't right, I'm okay with that. That doesn't bother me at all because I'm so confident in our vision and what's right for the magazine. It, I'm perfectly fine with something having been pitched to one of our friendly competitors and it not being right. You don't have to offer up the information immediately. But if I come back and say, hey, um, you know, you haven't, obviously you haven't pitched this anywhere else or maybe was it not right for someone else, it's not, it's not going to work against you to be honest about that, at least, um, at least as far as I'm concerned. Maybe other editors might might be a little. Um, this might be a little sticky for other editors, it so it, it, it might be yeah. bad advice. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you're pitching to me, I'm not going to mind if you're perfectly honest about why it may not have worked for someone else. Okay, this is crazy. Let's talk about the honesty factor for a minute here, because uh, Eric, one of the things that that I do love about you is that you, you have always been, you are straight up authentic in what you're saying, I know to be true. We've had numerous conversations about this. There are other editors that I've spoken to that are the complete antithesis of that. Some may not tell you, some may not be honest, but let's talk about the honesty thing for a minute. So, Kelly, how do you, how do you deal with no? I just don't take it, no. Uh, <laughs> kick and scream. Um, it's part of the deal. I, I think most of us understand, you know, sometimes you get the design job, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you have to fire a client and sometimes you don't. It's just the way it goes. I think the hardest thing about pitching magazines for me, um, if I'm not going through a friend who's in PR or what have you, is that you can't blanket everybody you know because you're waiting for that one perfect magazine that I've been dying to get in your magazine. I think this is perfect for you and we're waiting to hear back because we don't want to send it out to six different people because then you get that question of, did you send this to anyone else? And you're like, no, <laughs> of course I did. But you don't, want to, you don't want to ruin your chances and there are editors that will absolutely be, be tell you flat out no, even if they love what you sent them, they will tell you no because you sent it to somebody else. So let's, let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah. So did you send this to anyone else? Which I always thought was a crazy question. It's like, of course I, I sent right. it to 10 different people. <laughs> yeah. Of course I did. Yeah. But why is, the, why is that a bad thing? Not did you get covered by anyone else, but uh, did yeah. you send it to someone else? Why is that bad? I don't know. You tell us. Okay, well, yeah. there's, there's, a, there's nuances to this. My pet peeve would be if it's quite obvious that you just sent it to the top 10. And okay, well, we're kind of, and I've had that before, where someone has said like, oh, we're waiting to hear back from El Decor or whatnot. And then I'm thinking, okay, you know what? You come back to me when you have targeted to, to me. So that is the nuance part of this equation is I don't mind if it's gone somewhere else and you don't have to tell me. 
I appreciate it if you do. It doesn't matter. Like I said, it doesn't, it doesn't harm you know, the chances or our relationship. In fact, it benefits it. But if it's a blanket pitch and that's obvious, then there's nothing I can do with it. I don't make the editors do that work. Well, you can tell that Yaya inserted your name and someone had to remove. And <laughs> oh, yeah. Dear dot, dot, dot. Yes. Please accept my yes. Or the cardinal sin when you haven't fixed your email that you pitched to oh, the last yes. magazine and it's still sitting there. Take five minutes and reread your pitch email. That's, that's so Do you true. know what's so funny? That, that happens, it, we're talking about it, it's like the sign at the end of the pier that says don't dive off the pier. You have to put it there because somebody dove off the pier. Right. That happens all right. the time. Right. I get a ton of emails like that. Hey, I'd right. love to have this person as a guest on the show. Right. And they it's the name they, of the wrong show. And they, it's the yeah. wrong show, right. it's the wrong person. I know who they send it to and they just, right. they just cut and paste it. It's like really, okay, yeah. 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 I'm not responding. No. I'm not, it's kind, it is, it's insulting. It is it's insulting, insulting. Right. and not because you meant to. It's an accident. I get right. it. We all make mistakes, right. but it just shows a, a lack of caring in the in the send in the ask. Because I think that that's what's important too. It is. You're asking for something. That's right. You're and it's something of to, value. That's right. Because it is something of value. You're asking to boost your brand. I'm asking to be aligned with you. When you are featuring something I do, whether it's a quote or it's a photo or it's something with Showhouse or something particular. We're aligning for that publication, and you're saying, yes, we approve. It's a stamp. So yes, you want to forge that relationship, and it has to be something that's good. I think the authenticity, like you said, when you are pitching, I love the magazine. I am an avid reader. I have followed for X amount of years. I think this would be something really great for your, your readers, and this is why project that I love and show a little passion behind it. And then that is a relationship that you will have, right? right? And then you reach out. And it works both ways, too. We, as editors, need to honor that this is a designer's work. They are, they are giving something of themselves. It's their work. It's their livelihood. And we never forget, or we shouldn't forget, that this is very, very important to them. So whether it's a yes, whether it's a no, whether it's a maybe, or I don't have room, or maybe, maybe we find something else, we need to honor all of those who pitch to us just the way that uh, we expect them to honor our process. This is a touchy question, but I know. How, how do you, and I can't ask you to speak for anyone else, how do you like people to respond to no? Because as hard as y'all are working out there, no is, you can tell me no, doesn't mean I have to accept it. It could, now, if I keep coming back with the same pitch, I know you said no, but now it's a week later, so it, things could be different. It's not different. No. What, exactly. What's a good no but for you? Uh, well, that's, that's annoying. Don't keep coming back, obviously. Yeah. Um, and it's hard. It's hard to hear no. We get told no. There are things that I want that don't work out sometimes, you know, but mostly I am on, I, I have that responsibility. I am on the side of having to say no more often than I would like. Um, be able, just be able to take it, know that this is a long game. We will have a relationship, something may work out in the future, and I do tend to try and uh, tell people that, you know, so that it, it kind of softens things a little bit. Like, look, something else might work out in the future. I appreciate your showing it to us, and I appreciate your thinking. And, you know, just a quick, quick acknowledgement, however you see fit, fine by me.
letting the plane fly by, and then I'll add. Right? It's loud. This so, discussion's really taking off. It, it, ah. She's so good. Every uh, year. That's, that's going to be... <laughs> I know. Um, I think the, one of the best ways that for, for me when it's a no is to just offer up maybe something different. And it's, it's actually... This has helped me many times in that I'm not going to bring you the same project. I'm not going to put shove it down your throat. But what I will do is offer myself for a quick quote if you need anything from me as far as a feature or a quick little picture or any way that I can help, please let me know because I really would love to align myself with you. And that's a nice way of saying, I understand, but I'm here for you. Yeah, and I don't mind if people even ask why or if they offer or maybe we'll work, work together in the future because we probably will. Just at least it shows you that you're not kicking and screaming and that you know how to accept it. Well, and, and you also hit on something that I think is absolutely brilliant and totally true. It doesn't have to be just about your work and right. it doesn't have to be just about the, the room you did, the house you did, the project right. you were working on. Right. You have value right. in your ideas and what about pitching concepts? Do you, do you, get, conce take, do you get concept pitches as well? Not design home related, but maybe trend ideas, color ideas, lighting ideas, new ideas for the pets, for the kids. Do you get a lot of that? I get some. They don't help the publication per se, but they might help uh, to kind of plant a seed for a talk idea. Uh, but they don't, they generally don't help. Uh, I'm, we're not going to cover something like that for the most part, in the magazine. Unless it was something that they had already worked out internally, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> right. you have your own calendar and you have your own staff. Like, thank you. But wait a right, minute. Right? That's kind of the, the, where I'm going with this, yeah. is it doesn't have to be about them providing editorial. Maybe that's, I mean, I, to me, I think that's a remarkable in. If somebody comes to you with a unique idea and a perspective, it's not a matter of, am I going to publish this? It's, you know what, maybe this is someone, this is someone I should be working with or at least someone that I should know, does that help set the table the next time that they send you something for coverage? Across the board, if it's a, if it's a pitch that someone has taken time with, whether it's something that may not fit for the magazine or something that's perfect, I'm going to remember that right. and I'm gonna appreciate it. Right, so put, putting your name on the list of designers that would be a go-to, um, as, hey, we've, we're doing an article about the Barcelona chair. We would love to get a quote from you. Um, you know, two words. Just as an opener, just as an in, because they know you were so thoughtful about the last two pitches, even though they didn't work with you. It was thoughtful, it was poignant, you did a nice job, and you're somebody that has some kind of insight and or opinion. So it's great to be put on a list if you don't know. And the other thing I would say is events like this where you get to meet Erica, you get to meet other publishers, you get to go to the show houses and meet those publishers. It's nice to do a face-to-face, -face, because sometimes it's so hard, right? We're in this very digital world, and you were sending, there's photos floating around everywhere, and we've kind of gone back to that, I remember you. You were the gal who sat and had a cocktail with me, really, for 10 minutes, and you just we just chit-chatted. And that way, you sort of put a little something behind what you're saying as well. So you want to kind of stand out, but meeting them face to face is, is exactly how I did it the first time. I started doing the digital pitches and back then it was kind of snail mail-ish, not gonna lie, right? It was not, we didn't even have email when I started. So you were writing, hoping that somebody was interested. 
then you would have to send photos, and that was just arduous task. Now, of course, we need to relate it back to you as a brand. So, you know, be memorable, say hello, make sure you do the eye contact thing, so then it helps, right? I truly appreciate when people introduce themselves to me. Uh, some editors play it off like, we don't need you. Of course we need you. We need everyone in the design world. We need your work, your good work, and your story. That is our responsibility to tell your story. And meeting people is part of that. So when someone has taken the extra step to come to a talk and introduce themselves, I think it's great. The last thing, last question I have for you, and I'd love your thoughts on this, both of you, is keeping the editorial calendar in mind as you pitch. If you're pitching something for summer 2019, it's great, you're well ahead of the curve, but you're probably gonna get shelved. If you're pitching something for you know, a Thanksgiving, a November idea that, you know, from a house, whatever, it's probably not gonna be, gonna be right. What is, what is the sweet spot in an editorial calendar and when to pitch? When's, when is the perfect timing? Let's see, I think we had the four months was our, was our magic. I don't mind maybe half a year out because we're such a highly curated magazine that we do, and we're very full, we're blessed with being so full, especially for the first part of next year, that it's okay, I'm starting to see outdoor products and I just, I just file, them, file them away in my little filing system. So four to six months is great. Because when, sometimes if you come to me with an emergency, amazing architectural project, I gotta move everything around for you. So, you know, try not to do that. But um, that is the sweet spot, is that four to six. And, and Kelly, I'm just curious, do you have your own editorial calendar of submissions, projects, timelines, when you pitch, to whom you pitch, what you're pitching, do you have that? Internally, um, it's not formal. I have not made a formal spreadsheet. But you do sort of know when you're doing a project, uh, you're thinking in the back of your mind, wow, this, this looks so much like, or I'm reminding myself of XYZ magazine that you know and love. And so you will know that I'm not gonna pitch it, it's an outdoor space, and we're way past that, the deadline is not here, sweet spot off. So you just put your own flag on it to say pitch it at this time. So it's one of those things where we know it's gonna be, here's a holiday something something, here is the outdoor something. So I have an internal notes, um, and I'm very, very organized, but I haven't done the spreadsheet yet, probably should, and that'll be a whole nother thing. Look for that, kellyellis.com, editorial pitch spreadsheet, download, and I'll do it, I'll do and it. And to complicate things, our mantra is no rules, so forget everything I've said, and pitch me anything you want, anytime you want. I love that, and by, you know what, that is the perfect segue. Thank you both. That is awesome. Thank you both for joining me today. Thank you, Josh. And Kelly and Erica. Convo by Design is proud to be working with Vendome Furniture. Design culture, it's the key to their success. It's what pushes them to consistently create new collections that give spaces a new dimension. They create dialogue between environment and form. Vendome pieces can transform the simplest space into one filled with glamour that is both unique and extraordinary. And isn't that what design is all about? Creating atmospheres where you can take hold of life and enjoy it to the fullest? Vendome products are simple and elegant, contemporary and exceptionally comfortable. Their crafted, modern, durable, molded resin, glass, and metal designs are unique and they beg to be enjoyed. They search the planet for the right designers that embody the Vendome spirit 
and work together to create remarkable pieces into an exclusively Von Damme mode of expression. And if you haven't seen Von Damme before, you can check them out in uh, some of the Convo by Design videos you'll find on our YouTube channel. But you can find them in their showrooms at the D&D Building in New York, Wynwood in Miami, and the Pacific Design Center here in LA, or online at vondom.com.